Welcome to the Profit Cast. We're here to talk football. Yes, football. But we're covering all our local teams too. We bring the unique perspectives of a player and a coach, collaborating on the things that bring us together and sometimes tear us apart. This, this is, is the, the Profit, Profit Cast. Welcome back, everybody. We have some recapping to do. There's a lot that's happened in the sports world. We're going to hang out with some of our local teams and tell you what happened. Uh, so we are a football podcast, but we got to talk about all of our other sports. So we're going to start out with a little cross-country action. Got to love on our long-distance runners. So uh, both local schools, Nebraska Christian and Central City, had runners competing at the state, tur- uh, not tournament, state competition in Kearney. Nebraska Christian qualified their girls team and boys team. So lots of runners. The Eagles had a really good year. They had two medalists come up out of the day, I believe, both from the Swanson family. So kudos to them. And uh, for for Central City, we had Julia Buss and Janaea Davis both qualify for the state meet. Yeah. um, So neither team qualified as a team, but uh, freshman and a sophomore on the girls' side. So that's, that's always good to see. Got some young runners at the state meet. And uh, Paul Johnson just missed qualifying just by missed one it. place. Top 15 qualify. He got 16th. Good news, he is also only a sophomore. Um, so no boys qualified on a team that will probably be shrinking next year. Better luck next year, Paul. You'll get them. Mm-hmm. So uh, other other successful teams, you want to tell us a little bit about the softball team? Yeah, so great season on the whole for Central City softball. They lost, I think, only three three games all year um, during the regular season. So that was great to see. Unfortunately, state tournament did not quite go their way. They got the second seed, but got bounced earlier than they would have wished mm-hmm. to Ashland Greenwood, um, who I believe went on to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, not, not quite the ending that they wanted, but still a great year. You got to celebrate being the third best team in the state. So congratulations mm-hmm. to our Central City softball team. And shout out to Jersey Schindler, who will be playing at the next level at UNK. Yep. Lots of lots of talented softball players on that team, for sure. Our uh, football team, which had some guests on earlier this year for the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Eagles had a rough go, like we had talked about earlier in the year. They're a young team. They were a small team. Uh, they finished with a record of two and six. And we're in about all of the games that they were in, they were competitive in the first half, but then just ran out of steam, ran out of depth. Uh, didn't didn't wind up with victories, but a lot of times teams that have rough seasons and when they're really young, they can learn a lot. They can reload from next year. So if the Eagles hit the weight room and you know stay with it and uh, keep learning some of those lessons and apply it to next year, they could uh, definitely see some improvements in the future. For sure, football is a sport where you can get well. All sports you can get so much better in the off season. It's all about putting in the work in the off season. Absolutely. To get rewarded during the season. Yep, we uh, you, we can learn from those uh, L's. L's are losses, but L's are also learning points. So, great opportunities for them there. Yeah. The uh, the volleyball team for Nebraska Christian, their season is not done quite yet. They are playing a district final this Saturday at two o'clock. It's at Sumner. Uh, they're playing against SEM, who they faced in a tournament earlier this year, and SEM was the victors at that point, and they but. I think it could be a really competitive game. NC has, uh, I, th- I would say they've kind of struggled from time to time when there's triangulars or tournaments when they have lots of different games. But on standalone games, 
when they just got one team to prepare for, they've done really well. Uh, I believe their record is 23 and seven on the year. So they've had a really good, really good year. They're the 10th seed by wildcard points, which draws them the seven seed, which is SEM. So uh, winner goes to state. So really push comes to shove records and points and everything else up to this point doesn't matter. If you want to go to the state tournament, if you want to go play volleyball in Lincoln for NC, it would be for the fourth year in a row. Uh, for these seniors, they've been there every year. So there's a lot riding on this big game Saturday at two o'clock. If uh, if you want to watch some good volleyball and you want to drive out to a, a more <laughs> remote part of Nebraska, you can go explore and, and find Sumner. Uh, it's about a two hour drive from Central City, so it's not too far for most of our listeners. So head out to Sumner and watch some good volleyball this Saturday at two o'clock. Yeah. Kind of weird not seeing any McCargs on that team this year. Yeah. It's <laughs> something I've grown to get used to. Yep. But uh, uh, the Central City volleyball team did could have been a better season, but really, on the whole, it was a good season because of where the program has been at in the past. It has gotten so much better, and they finished the season 15-15. and 15, So wow. first 500 season in maybe five years a while for sure i think my sister is now graduated but i think while she was in high school they only won 10 games maybe in her whole four years so it's been a long time since that program's even been 500 so while you could say it's not a good season from the outside looking in it's it was definitely a success and uh coach Heather Negus has that program going in the right direction. Always fun to see a team heading heading in the right direction. So yeah, congratulations to Coach Negus and the volleyball players over at Central City. Yeah, Central City football. Since we didn't mention them earlier, um, ended the season four and five. So once again, could be seen as either as kind of a bad season looking in. But if you really look at the schedule they played. Losses to Ord, Adam Central, Kozad, Pierce, and Aurora, all of whom are state teams other than maybe Kozad, I don't think, qualified. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the tournament again. I don't remember if Kozad was or not. But But, uh, a plethora of top five teams that they lost to. And once again, very young team. They're only going to lose like three starters next year. So look out for the Bison next year. That's right. And playing a lot of those teams very closely. I mean, Pierce was a one-possession game. Adam Central was a one-possession game. So playing really, really good teams, playing them really well. So uh, keep your chin up, buy some football players, uh, reload, and get ready for next year. Yeah. So that is your season. Um, Season recap for the Central City NC Sports. Well, it's time to talk a little college football. We are going to do a little bit of contenders, pretenders, and then uh, then we might have a rant scheduled. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if we can get my buddy Luke here fired up about some uh, penalties that get issued <laughs> for cheaters. Uh, so contenders, pretenders, what are some things? It's been a few weeks, like we said, since we've had an episode of the ProfitCast. So what are some things that have stood out to you in the college football world, Luke, as you've been watching football? So the first thing, since we haven't recorded in a while, the first major thing we need to get to is Pac-12. So we were we were waiting to see who the contenders were and who the pretenders were. Yep. And who is the contender that emerged? Washington. Yeah. The Washington Huskies, um, I believe, should be a top four team over Florida State. But um, that that's that's what I have in my rankings. I have Washington as a fourth team, and I think they if they go on to win the Pac-12, watch out. They could be going. 
coming for Georgia's crown. If they if they run the table the rest of the way, win the Pac-12. Give us give us your top four real quick in your rankings. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Washington. Okay. And now, Florida State at five. Now, I got a bone to pick real quick because maybe this is just the way things run, but it's something that's always really bothered me with rankings, college football playoffs, whatever it may be. Let's let's just say that all of those teams stay undefeated. Would you would you adjust the rankings if they all just kind of take care of business? You know, everybody kind of beats who they're supposed to for the rest of the season up until the last week of college football. You would probably have that ranking stay the same. Well, Ohio State Michigan would change because like right play, up until that game. They, okay. That's that's what I'm getting to. Right up until that game. As as long as they are able to, Georgia wins the rest of their games. Michigan, Ohio State, they're undefeated when they're getting ready to play each other the day after Thanksgiving or Saturday after Thanksgiving. And Washington is undefeated. You would still have that same one to four, probably, unless something else crazy happened. Probably. Unless you see like I don't even know, Indiana like go to triple overtime with Michigan and then you see right. Washington beat like you know, if those USC if, by fifty or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. So but but it would be you wouldn't be a bit surprised if those four teams are still ranked in that same order oh, come yeah. last week of college football. Oh yeah. So what are you gonna do if if Michigan beats Ohio State by three points? Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Ohio State, unless You would o- have Ohio State four? Yeah. No, I would have Florida State. And and if and if Florida so State, if Florida State and Florida State and Oklahoma are the other two undefeated teams left, so if they're both undefeated conference champions, let's just say hypothetically, because then Florida State would have a good win over North Carolina. Yeah, Oklahoma would have a good win over Texas, but or, staying undefeated in the Big Twelve. Yeah. So you if think a, that was the case, Georgia? Michigan, Washington, Florida State, Oklahoma, Ohio State. And if Ohio State beat Michigan by three points? Same thing, but Michigan and Ohio State would be flop spots. Okay. So why do we keep a top four spot reserved for a team that's going to lose? Why why is – do you think Ohio State is the third best team in the country? I do. And – but if they lose a really, really close game, they won't be? I see what you're saying. But that's, I mean, Cause that's, I, that's the thing where Ohio State would, in this case, Ohio State would be losing to a top-tier team in Michigan while Washington is beating a top-tier team in Oregon or Utah or whoever Right, right. So, so why not jump Washington in front of Ohio State right now? Has, does because Ohio, we don't know yet. Yeah, that's we don't true. know who's going to win out of those two teams. But, but when you get to that point, it feels like well they lost, so we have to get an undefeated team into the playoffs, which I think was a big mistake of the playoffs for many years when they would put the Big Twelve champ in there and they would just get obliterated. Usually, it was Oklahoma would get obliterated in the first round. Where it's like I don't know that that's needed, but it can go the other way too, where you can put you know, best teams in there and good teams can get left out. I don't know. It's not a perfect system, but I've always, it's always bothered me that you can believe all season long that a team is, well, if Alabama wins out and that's a bad example, if, if Oklahoma trips over the finish line, 
you know, loses three or four more games and one lost Texas is the Big 12 champion. You think they got a shot at the playoffs? No. You don't think so? Not if there are five other undefeated sure, teams ahead sure. of them. Um, I get what you're saying there. But, like, I feel like teams get punished for losing at the end of the year far more than at the beginning of the year. That's true. If you the if, problem, the if Ohio problem State with... if Ohio State and Michigan played each other week one, and and then one of them is undefeated, and one of them has one loss at the end of the year, they're both making playoffs. That's the way it works in the SEC. Yeah, yeah. And, and so why why doesn't it work that way in other conferences? If if the Oregon, SEC is better than the other, if conferences. Oregon wins out, and Washington is undefeated, and that was such a close game, why not two Pac-12 teams? Yeah. It's possible. The problem with this discussion is there's so much speculation because as soon as you come into the what if, what if this happens later, what if this happens sure. later, that's when the problem is, and that's why the system is the way it is, is because you're eliminating all that speculation by just judging them by who they are right now. I'll grant you that for now. Because the But we might rankings, have to bring this back up again at the end of the year. Rankings are not a projection of who will be in the who should be in the playoffs at the end of the year if that's not what it is it's not a projection it's as the title says it's a ranking of the best teams in college football right now by but and and so Based what, off of the knowledge we have right now and explain your criteria because i've seen i've seen your spreadsheets i like how you do this because you you rank teams by quality wins and whatnot right why yeah. don't you explain how you do your rankings real quick so I look at the records first. That's the most important thing. If you're winning games or losing games, because mm -hmm. those are, at the end of the day, the only two stats that matter. Right. And then I have a section in my spreadsheet where big major games played, wins and losses. So you want to see lots of green at the end. So some, some schools will have lots of green squares and a few red squares. Some will have not very many highlighted squares at all. So that's where you come into the quality wins of a team, and then that can adjust. So a one-loss team might be better than an undefeated team if that one-loss team has four greens and the undefeated team has one green. So where do you have Texas this year? You Which, got Texas at seven, just like the AP does? Yes. And why is that? Because they beat – so the teams behind them, Alabama – who they beat, so you can't justify putting Alabama over them mm -hmm. because they did beat them. Penn State lost to Texas. Wait, Penn State lost to Ohio State. Is that okay? Sorry, my okay, my lines are getting off. Penn State lost to Ohio State, yeah. And their win. So the reason Texas is ahead of Penn State is because Texas has a quality win over Alabama. The best win Penn State has is probably West Virginia. So it all has to do with the quality wins of these one-loss teams behind them. Oregon State, Utah, Ole sure. Miss are the next – or Ole Miss. Oregon, Ole Miss, Oregon State, Utah. So I don't – I'm not very organized right now. No, that's good. But, yeah. Cool. So with that, and looking at the rest of your rankings, who are some? Who would you say were, are at this point of the season contenders, and who are maybe some pretenders? Um, contenders are for sure the best teams in college football right now: Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Washington. So much is going to ride on that Michigan State on that Michigan versus Ohio State game. 
to see which of those two is more of the contender and which one is more of the pretender. And Ohio State has beaten Penn State, but Michigan's, Michigan still has to play them. Right, yeah. And Penn State played Ohio State pretty close. It was a yeah. good game. I I have not a ton of faith in James Franklin. I think he's a great coach if you're trying to win 10 games a year. But if you're trying to win a national title, he he hasn't gotten it done. You know, a lot of people said the same thing about Harbaugh a couple years ago. Yeah. He was yeah, really, good at, really yeah. good at winning. And for most of Tom Osborne's career, he was the guy that could always get you in a bowl game. Never, never lose more than three games. But everybody's everybody's criticism of Osborne was that he couldn't win the big one until he won three in four years. So yeah. to to finish his stellar career and almost won back to back in the eighties too. Yeah, for sure. Um, other Pac-12 teams, USC was exposed to be a pretender, as one of us guessed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. And now it's just going to be – now we're going to see who's going to challenge Washington. Yep. Is it going to be Oregon? Oregon fell to them. Oregon State and Utah are still yet to play them. Yep. And so, USC. And and USC. Which USC, I mean, they still got a great offense. Even though they're not quite what a lot of people thought they were, they could still be a sneaky team that could take one from a team that's maybe looking forward to the end of the year. Heck, even UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Who I, I actually have UCLA ranked over USC. I have UCLA as my 16th team. I'm not sure where the AP pool has them. I believe UCLA 23. Is, yeah. So I have UCLA ranked higher than Yeah. than the AP pool does. So that'll be that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. And also exposed to be likely a pretender North Carolina. And I'm still not convinced about Florida State's greatness. They won a game over LSU at the start of the year. Everybody was freaking out. But then they laid a bunch of eggs after that and then finally got a convincing win, I believe, last week. But I that's why I put Washington over Florida State. And Florida State's one of those teams where if they don't you know, get their act together, that could be a team that even if they go undefeated could lose their spot to a one loss Ohio State or a one loss Michigan. Mm -hmm. They don't have North Carolina on their schedule. They would play them in the ACC championship game. Yeah. It, they play Louisville. Um, they have Wake Forest this week, Pittsburgh, Miami, North Alabama, and then they're at Florida. Okay. Yeah. So, so. not a lot of tough ones for the remainder of their schedule. Yeah. Uh, but definitely hurdles that they could trip over with Miami, Florida. And if they continue to stumble their way like they have been these past few weeks, I would have a hard time giving them a playoff spot over a one-loss Michigan or a one-loss Ohio State. I agree. All right. So now we get to the segment about talking about a team that has maybe been breaking the rules a little bit. They've been maybe. They've been naughty boys uh -huh. recently. And that is the Michigan Wolverines. And now, Luke, before you get there, we we haven't had a podcast for a couple of weeks. If uh, if some if some people out there only get their sports intake through the Profit Cast, why don't you give them a quick uh, catch up? What what actually is going on, or or being accused of going on? Okay, so what they're doing is they being Michigan, they being Michigan, very similar to what a Houston Astros team once upon a time did in 2017 allegedly six years ago 
<laughs> six, mm. Yeah, six years ago. And uh, many fans still are not happy with the Houston Astros about what happened six years ago. So six years from now, we might be talking in a similar way about a Michigan team who is also stealing signs from their opponents. What they're doing is filming their signs from the opposite side of the stadium and deciphering those signals so that they know what the other team is going to run. So like Nebraska, they might not have even beat Nebraska if yeah. they hadn't known our signs. <laughs> yep, that's, that's what did it. <laughs> There's been so much sign stealing that, since the 90s. That was the edge. <laughs> Michigan would not have had a chance against Nebraska. To clarify, they didn't know what we Matt were Rule himself does not believe that. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Okay. So, as a diehard Houston Astros fan, what I would like to see as a Michigan punishment. Jim Harbaugh absolutely needs to be suspended for a full year, just like manager A.J. Hinch. Minimum. Minimum. Athletic director for Michigan needs to be suspended for a full year, just like Astros general manager Jeff Luno. And they should probably fire J- uh, Jim Harbaugh and instead hire Lou Holtz, who is about the... <laughs> he won't be stealing any signs. <laughs> Who is the same age as Dusty Baker. (laughs) Dusty Baker, who cost the Astros three World Series titles, if you ask me. This is a team that would be probably the greatest. Bring home the bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Probably be the greatest dynasty in baseball history if they didn't have an 87-year-old manager. And what else they need to do, just like the Astros were stripped out of several first-round picks over a course of three years, they got to be stripped of recruits. No way. And are you, are you saying this is not enough? Because for, the Astro, for many baseball fans, the Astros' punishment was still not enough. So what they also should be doing to right the wrongs of the Astros, they need to strip them of their Big Ten title from a year ago, and then... They also and give it to Nebraska. And then they need <laughs> first conference title since '99, baby. We're back. Yeah. And then they need to be booed every time they come on to a football field. Oh, that already happens. Oh yeah. I mean, nobody that, likes a Wolverine. That's already something that's happening. And then just as Altuve has many balls being thrown at him, they should probably chuck balls at. <laughs> At JJ McCarthy, at that this before they come out every football game, before you start your warmups, take the footballs, chuck them at JJ McCarthy a few times, um, and then, like I said, boo them, throw trash cans onto the field every time they come onto the field, or cell phones, or cell phones, just really be very angry for probably the next decade at the Michigan Wolverines. So this is what needs to happen in the Michigan Wolverines. If we are following the Astros' method of punishment. Well, the question we're all asking, whether out loud or not, is will Nebraska make it to a bowl game this year? Surprisingly, they're pretty close to what I originally said they were going to be at this point in the season, right around 500. They got a got a good win against Northwestern, and the next two games are definitely winnable games. That's enough to get you to six wins. What do you think about the chances of Nebraska 
to from from what you've seen so far what are some things that excite you about this team where we're at and what are some things that concern you and what what do you say their odds would be at making a bowl game from this point what excites me about this team is how bad the rest of the big 10 west is <laughs> um but uh i mean they've they've roughly done what was expected of them i mean it really hasn't been a horrible year the only loss the only team that they lost to that they should have beat is Minnesota. Yeah. They should have won the Minnesota game. Colorado was legitimately better than Nebraska, and so was Michigan. So you take back that Minnesota loss, you'd be sitting at 5-2, and two, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, yep. not bad. Yep. They're ranked 5-2 and two teams. Yep. Well, and 5-2 and, and two puts you right there with Wisconsin and Iowa for leading the West. Oh, yeah. So – yeah, definitely, definitely a turn for the better from where we were a year ago. We would not have been beating Northern Illinois or Louisiana Tech, for that matter. Yeah. Um, so it, exciting to see that you know yeah. Heinrich is four and one as a starter, and that one loss is against well a team that was stealing signs. Otherwise, he'd be undefeated. Right. Um, you know, but uh, that's thirty-eight <laughs> points worth of signs. Thirty-nine. Yeah. He'd win. Uh, but you got Purdue. Michigan State, both definitely looking like they're having down years. Maryland, a little bit of an unknown. You know, they can have a high-powered offense, but how do they? They've they're kind of similar. They've beaten teams that they're supposed to, but lost to the big dogs. So yeah, as I as I was, they've so far followed the schedule. After the Michigan game, I said to make a bowl game, their best chance is to beat the next four teams they played. Yep. So far, two two for two. Yep. Their best chance of making a bowl game is beating. Is winning their next two games. Absolutely, yeah. They get those two of their six wins. That's going to get Nebraska in a bowl yeah. game. But the and cool thing the about that too, left. exactly. The good thing too about that is the fact that when you win four in a four in a row, you really want to make it five. Yeah. And when was the last time Nebraska football has won four games in a row? It's it's been a while. Sure when you has. get when you get a little bit of momentum behind you, and especially if by that time, if you do, they win four in a row, they will have also won six of their last seven. So. That's 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 a good amount of momentum. That's enough that could maybe get you to sneak w- one or two of the next three games: Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. If you ask me, I'd trade all of them for the Iowa win. But oh, yeah. you know, we just we gotta beat gotta beat Iowa. And I mean, Iowa. I I love watching Iowa struggle and crawl <laughs> to victory in every game. I mean, I wish they crawled to still lose. Right. Right. But I mean, they can't throw the ball. No, like we, I think we have a better passing game than Iowa, and that's cold. <laughs> because because yeah, when you talk about things that are concerning, I think that our our defense is good. Our our run game is, I would say, solid. I don't think it's great. I would say it's solid. But we have a pretty anemic passing attack, and we still have issues with hanging on to the football, whether it be fumbles or interceptions. I I don't know. I. I think we could make a bowl game. I think making a bowl game would be so important for this team because it would give Matt Rule a couple more months of practice with this team. It would help them to set stuff up better for next year. Um, it would, you know, he's he's been around the block now. He's seen the teams in the conference. He will know how to better prepare this team for next year. But then again, conference is going to look totally different next year. And so. when was when was the last year they won the bowl? They made it to a bowl game. Nebraska hasn't made it to a bowl game since I believe it's 2016. I think it was a Farmers Bowl against USC. 
UCLA. Or what, was it 19? Last Nebraska Bowl game was... Silence. 2017. That's my final answer. Nope. <laughs> uh, 2016. 2016. They fostered foster, the foster farms. farms. The Chicken Bowl. No, okay. Music City Bowl. Music City Bowl. Oh, yeah. The that one was Tennessee. not a horrible Nebraska team that year. Oh, Eight and four. I okay. Think, on that that year. was the team that won like their first seven and got ranked in the top 10 and then just yeah. got smashed by everybody else because they hadn't played anybody yeah. good yet. And then they lost to Mike Riley's team. And then they lost to Tennessee. That was the team that lost the punter. That was Sam Fultz's team. Yeah, wasn't it? Yep. I think so. Yep. Yeah, uh, so, they were playing for something better and bigger than they were. They still had a lot of good players on that team too. Yeah, they had a long streak. They so since the year I was born, they had made eight straight bowl games in two thousand eight, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and then what year were you born? Two thousand eight. Oh wow! So you missed the bad years. You missed the Callahan era. I think I'm in the bad years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, if you want to be optimistic, the Nebraska could win the Big Ten West. Yeah, I mean, we still could. I mean, it's a it's a horrible division. I mean, it it is. It's I definitely down this year. I don't. I'm pretty sure the only teams that any of these teams could beat in the East would be Indiana and Michigan State. Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm pretty sure the five teams in the Big Ten East are better than every team in the Big Ten West. Yeah. And any team can still win the Big Ten West. Yep. Well, let's move on over to the NFL. What a wild week it was. It was just all kinds of craziness. We, we've talked a lot about how Chicago and Denver are bad. They both won in the same week. The uh, New England Patriots, who are definitely down this year, beat Buffalo, who is maybe a contender, but maybe a pretender. What do you think about the Bills? Pretender. You don't like them? They I, did beat the Buccaneers, who are... The best team in the NFL. South division of the NFC? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> On a good day? I mean, they're still probably going to be Super Bowl champions. Like. <laughs> If we're just looking at the probability, I, don't I would know about say that. I would say most likely Super Bowl champions. Okay, so that that was a good win for the Bills. You're but... discrediting your rant. <laughs> um, other otherwise, Detroit. Detroit's looked great this year. They played Baltimore, who was like, "Oh, they're back," but like, "Whoa, they're really good." Baltimore thirty-eight, Detroit six. Like, just took it to the Lions. So, yeah, really wild week all across the league. But, you know, and and Minnesota, who, you know, beginning of the year, everybody's saying trade Kirk Cousins. They're terrible. They're not great. They beat San Francisco, who yeah. a lot of people thought were just the best team in the NFC. San Fran stunk it up the last two weeks. Yep. Two games skid for a, for a team that hadn't lost a game regular season with Brock Purdy as starting quarterback. So I would say they're still legit contenders. I so do, too. I, I think I, I still yeah. think that both the Eagles and Niners are the two best teams in the NFC. I agree. I think Baltimore. You could argue NFL too. Yeah, I think so. I think I think Baltimore's a lot better than people think. I think last year was kind of a fluke for them. Yeah, they're they're good. I think Cincinnati. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen with them. Joe Burrow's if he gets healthy, they're yeah. they're never out of it. The AFC is a big mystery because, I mean, you're looking at who's the best team. You're like, okay, maybe the Dolphins. Eagles killed the Dolphins. Yeah, 
So Eagles and Niners, I th- I would say. I mean, are still even the Kansas City, their their one loss is against an NFC team. So you look at and and yeah. Kansas City is good. Yeah, they're defending world champs, and yeah, they're doing really great, and everybody's watching them because Taylor Swift is at all their games now. But they're not quite the same offensive powerhouse that they have been in recent years. Yeah. So probably the the contenders that you're going to be thinking about the Dolphins, the Bills, the Ravens, the Bengals. And the Chiefs. Yep. Bengals have stunk at the beginning of the season, but if Joe Burrow gets healthy, all they got to do is make the playoffs, and yep. they can still make noise. Exactly. Um, unfortunately for them, they have quite a formidable division. Yeah, they really do. If with, they were with the Cleveland defense, the, man, if Cleveland yeah. could, Cleveland's like Nebraska, they got a great defense, but they really got to start figuring some things mm-hmm. out on offense. Yeah, and you kind of dog on the. Uh, Jaguars a little bit at the start of the season after they lost a few games. They're up to five and two now. Yeah, so. against New Orleans in the NFC South. I mean, I st- I still got to see it. I feel but like I, I they're still probably the best team in that division. Though, I would say maybe. Um, I mean, Texans. Texans are three and three. Yeah. Jacksonville is five and two already. So they'll probably win the they'll probably win the South. But for whatever reason, the South is the worst in both NFC and AFC. So <laughs> we'll we'll see who emerges from that and sneaks into the playoffs to, you know, only win if they get if they draw the Cowboys. Yeah. So Southern Southern football in the yeah. college compared to the NFL. Southern, Southern football <laughs> is only good in college. <laughs> um so yeah, the north the north in the AFC or in the yeah, north in the AFC is yeah. I would say the best division. But yeah, it's hard to it's hard to look at outside of that division. Who's, who's good? Yeah, for sure. Probably, probably the Chiefs. Yeah, maybe, probably the Dolphins. We'll see. I mean, I think the Dolphins have done some great things offensively, but they've done a really good job of hiding their offensive line problems. Where that that works in September and October, but November, December, when it gets cold and you have to run up to Baltimore or not Baltimore, um, you have to go up to Buffalo and New England and play games in the cold. It's harder for that air raid attack. It's harder for their for their Dolphins to sc- scramble around and score as much as they have been up yeah. to this point. Yeah. The Lions looked like potentially one of the best teams in the NFC, and then they got their board, the doors blown off of them by... Kind of wonder if that was coming off of a short week. If that was a, you know, we'll have to keep watching the Lions. Yeah, we we don't stay tuned. Yeah, exactly. We don't have enough body of work to say that the Lions are actually good just because of the way the last fifty years have gone. (laughs) But but at the same time, you know, it still could be a good team that you know keep an eye on. They got Vegas this week, so they should win that game. The Seahawks are very quietly four and two. Yep. Granted, now wins over great teams. Other than the Lions, that was a good win for them. Yeah, but really. It comes down to this every year. Yeah, you want to find a team that does well. It's it's good quarterback play, but it's the offensive and defensive lines. Yeah, that's why the Eagles are great. Yeah, they're they're big, powerful football team. So yeah, follow follow the powerful football mm-hmm. teams. Watch the teams that are good on the line, and you're going to find a team that's going to be winning a lot of games. And bottom line, we're only not even halfway through the season. Yet, yeah, so. still got a lot of football Lots ahead of us. To the side. Yep. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we are going to be back with more football talk, more local sports talk. So if you like this episode, keep listening, tell your friends, and we'll see you next time.
Take care. Yeah, football.